0: My name is Julian, and this is the Sales Fix Podcast. It's you, the salespeople across the world that make the world a better place. You've brought down prices, you've increased quality, you've caused the guarantee, the warranty, the return policy, hundreds of thousands of dollars, discussions, interviews, sales quick tips, everything to sharpen the saw and make you a better salesperson. Hey sales professionals, welcome back to another episode of the Sales Fix Podcast. My name is Julian Rekesine, I'll be your host. Today's show is brought to you by the great people at Origin USA. Let me tell you something about this company. Back in 2011, Megan Littlefield and Pete Roberts were selling jujitsu gear online. They were importing it, I believe, from other places. And they're both living in Maine, in Farmington, Maine area, and wanted to bring back the Made in Maine logo or the Made in Maine concept, Maine used to be a hub for clothing manufacturing before, of course, outsourcing NAFTA, all that stuff. And a lot of the factories there became just abandoned, including the looms and a bunch of other uh, great equipment. And uh, he was afraid that there was going to be, you know, they were afraid that there was going to be this sort of loss of knowledge. So they brought back manufacturing of clothing to Maine. It started out with some uh, workout wear and jujitsu gis. Um, I practice jujitsu. It's a it's a passion of mine. And let me tell you something, any jujitsu is out there, you will not find a better gi that is made in the United States. The cloth that it's made from is made in the United States. Uh, They brought back looms from old disaffected factories and brought them in and fixed them and found people to help them fix them and get them going. And then they expanded and now they make boots, they make jeans. I will tell you it is the best pair of jeans I've ever owned I love their workout gear all their, the rash guards and all of that equipment, um, it's really durable it's really tough, I put th- I put this stuff through the paces, my workouts are pretty intense, I'm grappling, I'm getting thrown on the floor, dragged across the floor, and this stuff really lasts well, it washes well it wears well, it's absolutely top quality stuff, you can find cheaper I guarantee you can find cheaper, but it's cheaper for a reason, this is really, really good stuff, if you want to check out their products go look them up online at Origin maine.com that's origin maine with an e like the state of maine originmaine.com highly encourage you to go check them out. They've got some great nutritional stuff as well. It really is a fantastic company on a fantastic mission to bring back manufacturing to the USA which I am a big fan and supporter of. Okay, enough of that. Let's get on to the daily, weekly, whatever you want to call it, uh sales quick fix that we're going to talk about today. And today I want to talk about pain again. I know, I know, I'm beating a dead horse—no pun intended—on the pain thing here. But uh, pain, you know, solving pain in your clients' world is a is really ultimately the only approach that makes sense in sales. And the reason I keep talking about it is because uh, the pure driving force that pain represents in most people's decision-making process is is somewhat unbelievable. But what science tells us is that essentially all human decisions are made in consideration of one of two factors, right? The seeking out of pleasure, uh, some form of gain, and the avoidance of pain. Some form of loss, right? So those two factors don't break out equally, even though they're both existent and they're two factors, they're completely slanted. What I mean by that is that when they monitor people's decision making on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, what they see in scientific studies is that 70% of decisions are actually rooted in avoiding pain and that's a more to two-to-one ratio over seeking out some form of gain. In other words, human beings are more likely to make a decision because it avoids a negative consequence, pain, versus make a decision because they're seeking out to gain something positive. Now think about how most companies train you as a salesperson. They train you to be an expert on the product, which is about what? Features and benefits, right? It's about selling gain. Here's what you have to gain by using my product. But in fact, most people are going to make a decision on the opposite end of the matrix. They're going to make a decision on what pain can you make go away. That's a much more powerful driving force. Not only do people make more decisions on avoiding pain over seeking out something positive, but even more powerful than that is what the science shows us when the decision, a a decision, places the pain and gain motivators, it pits them against each other. And there's one famous study that they did where people were walking into this event. And when they walked into the event, they were given a free raffle ticket as a door prize. And then when they walked a little further into the event, it was like, well, you have a choice. You can use this raffle ticket for raffle one or for raffle two. You've, you've got a choice of where you want to put that raffle ticket towards, right? So raffle one is an 80% chance of winning $1 and a 20% chance of getting nothing, right? So if you enter that one, you got a four out of five chance that you're going to win a buck. You got a one to of five chance you're going to get nothing. Raffle two, the odds are inverted in the sense that it's only a 20% chance of winning. So you have an 80% chance of getting nothing. But if you win, you don't get a buck, you get $200, so basically what you're looking at is a one in five chance of winning 200 times what you can win on the other raffle, which is a four to five chance of winning just that small prize of one dollar. So guess what most people chose? Take a wild guess as to what Mo Beechil chose. Most people, in fact, over 83% of the subjects in this study use their ticket on raffle one. Now ask yourself, why is that? Right? Because it initially, you're like, you have much more to gain by going into raffle two. And the ticket was free either way. It's not like you have an, even an investment up front. So why would more people angle towards the, the raffle one than raffle two, right? Your odds are better, but you're winning a lot less. Now, to get an answer to that and to understand how we apply that to our prospects and clients making a buying decisions. We need to break down the options a bit more. So essentially the subjects of this experiment, as they were walking in, they had one of two choices and each of those choices had two different factors playing into it, the pain and gain, right? So what do I mean by that? Okay, so in this case, right, Choice one was raffle one. So you have within raffle one, the potential gain of choosing that raffle, which is $1, and the potential pain of choosing that raffle, which is the 20% chance of losing, of of not getting anything. Raffle two, same thing. The potential gain of choosing raffle two, which is $200, right? And then the potential pain of choosing raffle two and losing, which is an 80% chance of losing. So what you'll notice is that even though the upside, the winning is 200 times in favor of raffle two, right? The prize in raffle two is 200 bucks, and a prize in raffle one is only one dollar. So that's a 200 x factor, right? Most people choose raffle one. That's because the downside, the not winning, the avoiding pain sign, is four to one in favor of raffle one. In other words, you have four chance, four times the chance of not losing when you enter raffle one than you do when you enter raffle two. So 200 times the upside, only four times the 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 not hitting the downside, and yet most people are choosing that, right? Most people are choosing that four-time option in droves because that's how much more powerful pain avoidance is in human decision-making than seeking out some kind of positive gain. So what you're hearing there is that even on top of the 70%, and this is really, really key, and and Freakonomics has got a couple of stories on this if you've read those books, but this is really key, right? What's really key is that not only does pain avoidance power more decisions more often – but is much more powerful in powering the same decision when pitted against each other, right? So let's change raffle one and raffle two now to buying from you as a salesperson versus not buying from you, right? So first option is the prospect buys from you and there's a potential gain. And then there's a potential pain of buying from you. What's the potential pain you say? Well, just like a raffle, a prospect may buy something for you and it may not work out. It may be a waste of money. It may be something that doesn't pencil out. Now, what's that? That's loss, right? It's loss of face, it makes them look bad, and it could be a loss of money as well, and probably loss of time if you're really factoring, spend all that time on your solution and it turns out not working, right? So now... Flip it over to the decision of not buying, right? There's the potential gain of not buying, which in this case is I'm not spending any of that money. So if you're selling junk, I'm I'm not getting caught by that. And then there's a potential pain of not buying, which is the problem that I'm trying to solve, the whole reason I met with you to begin with and had this conversation to begin with, well, I'm not solving that problem, right? So you've heard of Pareto Principle, right? The 80-20 rule, 80% of results are gotten by 20% of salespeople, which means invertly, 20% of results are gotten by 80% of salespeople. So what are those bottom 80% of salespeople focusing their attention? They're focusing their attention on the potential gain of buying. They're selling the upside. They're spouting features and benefits until they turn blue and pass out from loss loss of oxygen, right? And then they keep going. As soon as they wake back up, they keep going. And then if the client hesitates or decides not to buy in that particular, they ask why not? And they come back and try to push more features and benefits on them at a later time. So you want to see what can clearly identify somebody as a you know, 80% and down salesperson part of the pack is they're typically focusing on features and benefits. They're typically pushing the upside of the buying transaction. If you buy from me, you stand to gain X, right? The top 20% of salespeople understand that the first thing they have to focus on is the pain of not buying. In other words, the cost of doing nothing. What happens if you keep doing what you're doing now? So if you don't purchase from me, your status quo will stay the same for the most part. And in fact, most of the time, salespeople are not selling against a competitor. They're selling against not doing anything, right? There are certain situations when you're at bid for somebody where it's like, we're gonna solve the problem, we're choosing between you and your competitor. Those are not the hardest sales. The hardest sales is when your prospect is stuck in status quo and you can't figure out what you need to do to unstick them from t- status quo. That's that's typically where people get stuck. It's like, well, what about the people who tell me I don't need it, right? And so if there is no pain, what the top 20% of people, of salespeople are excellent at doing is they dig for that fourth factor, right? For the second factor on the second option. In other words, the the raffle Tuesday. In in the case of Raffle 2, your odds of losing. In the case of the buying interaction, what is the potential pain if you do nothing? If you don't buy from me, what could go wrong? And that's their current status quo. So when you, as a salesperson, focus your needs assessment, your discovery, when you focus your conversation on addressing those things, what you're going to find is, again, 70% of the decisions are powered by that element, not what they have to gain. And if all things are equal... That element is going to be far more powerful in terms of driving their decision, right? So you have to focus on the pain. And in this case, the pain, when we further define it like we just did, is really comes down to what is the cost of doing nothing? If you do nothing, what will happen now, right? Now, as a salesperson, if you're selling a $10,000 solution for a $2 problem, that's going to be a bit of a challenge because the prospect's going to look at you and go, this is a $2 problem. Why do I need to spend 10 grand to fix it, right? So you have to dig down and be able to identify what that pain is really going to cost them. Your questions, your conversations with them, your understanding of your product. What problem does your product solve? This is something that comes up all the time in a variety of different formats. I see this on Shark Tank. I see a mediocre product do really well on Shark Tank. Why? Because the person pitching it to the sharks has correctly and accurately identified what problem they are fixing. And the sharks, if they relate to that problem, will go, well, that's a market, right? But you can have the best solution in the world if it doesn't solve anything that anybody needs. Realistically, why is anybody gonna buy it? And you'll see this over and over again in life. If you start paying attention to people around you, even in a non sale setting, Ask yourself at any particular point when they're making a decision, are they making that decision to avoid a potential pain or are they making that decision to seek out a potential gain? And if you just monitor somebody's 10, 12, 13 decisions in front of you, right, if you just pay attention to what they're choosing to do, most people will go a lot further to avoid pain than they will to seek out an upside. And yes, if you're thinking this explains why some people sit on the couch, don't go for that promotion, don't ask that person out, right? You take it to the 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 high school dance. Why does the guy not cross the dance floor and ask the girl to dance, right? The upside of asking the girl to dance is is huge, right? But The pain of getting rejected at that particular moment is much more of a focus, right? And it comes down to focus. Sometimes all these factors are going to be at about equal power. In other words, it's a $2 problem and it's a $2 solution. But if I can get my prospect to focus on the problem, their perception of the problem, their awareness of the problem will drive the buying decision far more than if I get them to focus on the upside of what my product can do. So lesson learned from this. Your entire sales approach has to be aimed at understanding what pain are you solving. If your prospect does nothing, if they don't buy from you at all and they just keep doing what they're doing... What's the downside of them? Because that's where all the power is going to come from inside the buying decision. All right. Hope this helped. Do me a favor. If this did help, please share this podcast with someone else. Uh, Pass it on. If you would uh, be so uh, uh, gracious as to go online and uh, like us, rate us, throw some comments, throw some stars, throw something up there, that's fantastic. And if you'd like to reach out for more comments, more conversation, you can find us on Twitter at salesfixwith2xs. Uh, and you can find us on Facebook at with 2 xs And, of course, you can always email us at info at with 2 xscom That's info at salesfix.com. We'll see you on the next episode of the SalesFix Podcast. Happy selling out there. You've been listening to the SalesFix Podcast. For more sales tactics and tips, Visit the blog section at salesfix.com. That's salesfix with two X's. We're on Twitter at salesfix, Facebook, and LinkedIn. If you'd like help training your sales team, email us at infosalesfix.com.